You're listening to Third Opinion MD. I'm your host, Barbara Delatore. I'm a physician and artist bringing a blended perspective to you about healthcare and exploring simpler ways to restore and maintain your health. That, that was awesome. Like you said, it was like a warm-up, just kind of like getting it in. It's like when I do exercise or something. Yeah. You just sort of, you don't just start running. You just kind of get yeah. into it and you can go longer, I feel like, when you do You that. can, because if we started with just the jade leaves, mm-hmm. it probably would be difficult to visualize. You'd be thinking about your day. Exactly. Something would be going on. But there's something about that whole preparation what you're doing is you're activating all your channels to get your body ready. Even if that's all you did, and you did it intentionally, not when you're watching a movie or distracted or talking to someone, but while you're in meditation. This is about meditation with a focus. The power of healing is in the why. In a rare opportunity, you're going to get to go behind the scenes and join my client, Ramey, on this unique health journey Ramey's a healthcare worker for eye issues, but she's also someone who's had eye problems herself for most of her life. In this whole season three, go behind the curtain and explore how Ramey goes on her health journey when she works with me. She started off in the clinic where I met her. She then went to take a class on eye health, which included Qigong, which is a movement-based therapy that originates from Chinese medicine. If you're just listening to this episode as the first one in season three, go back to the beginning. Go back to the trailer for season three. This is a story that's unfolding. Ramey is going to become a client in this episode, but before that, we're going to review how she responded to the Qigong from that class. And there's a very special surprise in the second half of the episode where we go over how Ramey responded to practicing for the last two months and my own health journey with Qigong. That is Jade Leaves Qigong. How was that? That was amazing, yeah. Yeah. Your eyes, how do they feel? I mean, I don't, feel, I don't notice them. Does that make sense? Like, That's, yeah. They're not, they're not the first thing that, that you think, <laughs> I about. think about when I open them. <laughs> when you practice this, the best time to practice is in the morning but you can also practice this at night. And the springtime, you can do it any time of day because spring is liver time. There are times in the year where the elements, wood is spring. Mm-hmm. So you can actually take care of doing this any time of day. Yeah. But you could do this at night. It's not, mm-hmm. not that it won't work. Right. It's just that if you want to take advantage of the time of day, mm-hmm. that's spring of the day mm-hmm. is also the morning. Okay. okay. How, how long does it take for people to notice things? What do you notice just from doing this? I mean, there's the meditation part, like what, what am I seeing or just- Anything, anything. Now, honestly, when we were doing the jade leaves, I could see whatever color was coming, which I thought, I'm gonna tell you, she's gonna think I'm crazy that it's, but the bright, the green, and I wasn't even really thinking about seeing how I could see it. And then we went to, and it was white. And then it was like a blue, like a really, royal kind of blue so i just thought that was i noticed that it without that was me neat. going now it's water's blue like it wasn't my brain it was i just sort of let it happen oh like so you were doing that's really neat that's cool because i thought i could see green because someone before they you can do that and kind of see green so i was kind of thinking in my head with the green like oh that's why and then but it changed with every one so oh wow just noticed. yeah just, just noticed. Every, every, you will have all these different experiences 
You might feel things, you might not. But the more you practice, you will notice more things. All the blockages are being cleared. And as they get cleared, your intuition and your senses get really heightened. The visualization is really powerful because it guides the chi. We wait till we have dry eyes to treat them. You said dry, I was like, oh, that's every, that is almost every patient at a certain age is dry, dry eye. That's dry liver. Dry eye is dry liver. Think of liver as a tree. And that wood has to be treated and watered and nourished. They're treating the symptom, but the root there's no, yeah, it's all just treating the symptom. Exactly. Yeah. And what yeah. we're doing with this eye qigong, that's why it's so much more than just about your eyes. It's right. about your whole being, your, right. all your five elements in you. Mm-hmm. You can really nourish that. In about three months of practice, mm-hmm. and you don't have to do it every day, mm-hmm. but if you do this a couple times, two, three times a week, mm-hmm. I'd be curious to hear back. You'll yeah, see things, like colors will be more vivid. Which is happening, my right eye is dimmer in color, like just because of the detachments and all the surgeries I've had. Yeah. I've been just sort of noticing that it, it has become a, a dimmer eye. So it'll be interesting to see if anything, who knows. Who I would, well, for you, I would do it more frequently. I would yeah. do it almost daily. Every day, yeah. And do it for three months and yeah. see where you're at. There's a yin and yang rise and fall during the year. So the maximum yang, when do you think maximum yang is during the year? Say like summer. The solstice. Yeah, exactly. The solstice. Summer the solstice. Day of the year. Yeah. That is maximum yang. In the yin yang symbol, mm-hmm. the very next day, the next, the, moment, the next moment, it starts to yes. diminish. Yeah. But the yin yeah. is now rising. So increasing. So you have this yang's descending and yin is, is ascending. We're in sort of this phase where we're beginning to, it's waning. Yes. Yeah. It's just movement. So you want to take advantage of the rhythm of nature. By practicing at the time where it's most powerful. So right now, morning. Mornings. Perfect. It's cool. All the different things. I feel like sometimes I think about the acupuncture when I did here wasn't quite working because it was just acupuncture. It wasn't all the other things that go with it for the whole. You know, you like can't just do acupuncture and expect all of the things to align. Right. right? So that makes a lot of sense to me. It's more than it's all of these things. Yeah, it's tapping into the fundamental observation of how things are is really what you're tapping into. There will be wars, there will be pandemics, there will be illness. But for optimal health is by being in harmony with what's around. Yeah, and within. And closing the eyes is something we don't talk about either. You know, the idea of like people fixating on things. The screen is, is notorious. Did it hurt a little bit to rotate your eyes? You know, it's funny because I do this all the time. Oh, <laughs> so okay. I, it's a that's good. Thing oh, that's good. I do get some pain here occasionally where I'm just staring at the screen. Right? Yeah, I yeah. I will definitely feel that more mm-hmm. back and forth. I have a plastic thing here in my eye. So I sometimes think, is it the tendon or is it that? But it's the tendon, it's the tendon, because I can feel it, you know, when I turn, I can feel sometimes that. Yeah. So as you do those eye rotations, that will get better. Now, I promised I'd share with you how Raimi becomes a client, but actually I'm going to give you a little something special for this episode. Instead of going right to the complimentary phone call, which took place only a week later after the class, I'm actually going to fast forward to two months later to give you a sneak preview of how Raimi is progressing as a client. We met seven weeks after the class to talk about the Qigong, and in that conversation, I decided It was only fair to share my health journey as well. 
And so you'll get to know a little bit more about my own process in getting healthy. We're all there together, healthcare practitioners and patients. You took the Jade Leaves Qigong through the Eye Health Self-Care and Prevention class. It's a seated meditation called Jade Leaves Qigong. And you've been practicing this since the class, which was, in, I think, a couple months ago. And I really love the Qigong practice. That has been really beneficial. It's so wild how you can feel. I can feel. And there's sometimes where I can't, where I know I'm like, I'm distracted if I do it at a different time of day. You can feel it though. It's funny. I'm, sometimes I can feel almost like a different, when well, I do the moon or whatever, that'll be heavier. Um, it's it's very, I don't say it's weird. When I say weird, I don't mean weird. I just weird mean might be just new. Foreign to me, new. Foreign exactly. to you. Yeah. Well, you're describing the jade leaves again, the, yeah. the jade leaves, that experience where you were writing some beautiful journal entries can I share them? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You were writing about seeing different colors or when the colors would just stop, all the commotion would stop. That was very interesting. And the whole meditation is about improving eyesight and relieving eye strain and restoring chi to the eyes. And the primary reason for you was for the actual physical eye problems, but emotionally, it's really good. It's really good for clearing anger. And you even wrote in your journal too, that your most recent PMS has been less severe, less explosive, more emotionally in the middle ground, less extreme. Mm -hmm. I think it's a combination of things that you're doing. One is the meditation with the Qigong. Another one is what we're doing with tapping, even writing down things, writing your health story. And lastly, the acupuncture. It's all of it together. Yeah. That's so yeah, cool. It's been really cool. You know, and it's that same, you try not to judge it. Seeing that and I'm, I just notice it. I'm just, just notice it. It doesn't have to mean anything in the moment. You're just noticing, just noticing. What do you notice? What is that color? <laughs> There's the saying in Qigong that to really deeply meditate, you must close all the doors. Closing the doors, meaning the eyes, the ears, the senses. You're closing the senses to the outside so that you can really look inward. And the other important sort of rule of digging deeper and cultivating in Qigong is to stop expecting, just noticing, as you're saying. When you notice, then more happens. Yeah. The, the problem I see in yoga and Qigong in our American culture and this happens all the time. It, it gets appropriated or digested or morphs into our culture where it becomes a thing where we're supposed to be a certain way. I will share that going to certain yoga studios, and this is not for yoga itself because yoga is a beautiful practice that has tremendous health benefits. And it just comes from a different source. Qigong comes from Chinese medicine. But what has happened to yoga in this country, it's superficial Mm -hmm. it's lost its meaning. It's lost its roots. Yeah. Now, some schools and some studios hold on to that. But when people are sharing, and this happens in Qigong too, where there are a lot of people with big egos that will teach this, I get really worried about Qigong and what's going to happen to it. Yeah. Because I see that there's a lot of, especially a lot of male egos that are yeah. out there trying to be gurus. Mm -hmm. 
And then you have people who are sharing like, oh, I feel the chi. It's amazing. And they profess it. You know, it's really nice to say that. But when you're in a group with all these people that are really experiencing things in a different way, and they also have blockages where they can't feel it yet. It took me two years to feel something. I had to really not have expectations. And now I can feel things. Now I can see things. But I don't tell people that I'm doing that because that's then placing expectations on others. So I, I just think it's beautiful what you're sharing. I wanted to share that you're starting to experience some different things to tell anyone who's listening, you're going to experience what you're going to experience at the time you will experience it. And that's why you must close the five doors and not expect. Yeah. I just kind of repeat that to myself because there are times I do it and it's too much. There's too much coming in. My thoughts are racing or Mm -hmm. I see not, you know, there's nothing happening and I try not to judge that either. It just is, it just is in that moment. And then I just try to get back to what I'm doing. Yeah. Come back to it. And wait till you try some other Qigong because that one, Jade Leaves is one of those meditations that's so simple. It's so powerful. You dismiss it because it's so simple, but it's doing a lot. And I'm curious when we reach sort of the third month of you practicing it, I'd love for you to reflect back each Mm -hmm. month what it was like. Every once in a while, write down your experiences and keep going with that. Okay. Okay. Because it's changing. It is. you You don't notice it until down the road. Right. Because that that journal entry, that was the last time I really saw that movement. So I thought, oh, cool. You know, I don't know what this means, but now it's like a wall is up. That's when I see, I just see, it's just like, there's nothing. And so I'm like, something's different. Something has shifted, not good or bad, not judging it. Just what is it? Yeah. Just notice, just notice and keep going. Yeah. Trust the process. Same thing with any Qigong form, whether it's movement, breathing, And there's another form, there's a form I have in mind for you Mm -hmm. that I would love for you to learn as soon as you're ready to do it. And it's called second spring. Oh, yeah. And second spring is another term for menopause. Yeah. I like that term. (laughs) I love that term. I've been saying it to my friends. Stop calling it menopause. It's second spring. (laughs) Yeah. Menopause is such a bad term. It's not a great term. Second spring is about second chances. The whole form is beautiful. It's beautiful in that there's two parts to it. So when I'm ready to teach it, would you be interested? I would love to. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I'd like to teach it as a group. I know in person is a little bit challenging though. Oh my gosh, if I could just teach this in person, this is one that's very powerful in the group setting. I bet. Yeah. But it's going to regulate the menstrual cycle. It prepares you for menopause. It regulates the emotions. It restores the chi to the ovaries as they're changing it helps the uterus Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so this one is for women's reproductive system it can be done any time of the cycle and if you're already in menopause you can do it during the times of the moon cycle any so it's pretty much any time okay i practiced it to reduce my hot flashes because i'm in the process of finishing menopause and i started it about a year ago and it is well, it's miraculous because mm-hmm. one of the things that it does is it reduced my hot flashes to zero when I practice it. Wow. It regulates the emotions. It helps sleep. It helps to reduce the migraines. Okay. You know, okay. anything that you may be having with menopause. Yeah, all of the above. All yeah. of the above. <laughs> it just helps regulate the hormones. 
Mm-hmm. Menopause is not a disease for anyone who's questioning that. <laughs> it's not a disease. In fact, it's a blessing. And the blessing is that it tells you what you still need to work on to have your second chance and second spring. Um, I will say I have an ophthalmologist appointment next month at the end of next month. So we'll see. I'll be able to see what's going on in the back of my, I could do this where I work, but we just save it for the ophthalmologist because why dilate my eyes too many times? (laughs) What they say at the ophthalmologist the last time you were there. And when was that? That was almost a year ago that I saw Mm -hmm. him. I actually made him do my, I took my contact out, (laughs) like dilate my left eye because it's my right eye. But my left eye, I also want to keep watch on too. And so he spent a little bit more time with me looking at that. Everything was stable. That was pretty much the gist of it. Uh, we make jokes. I'm like, oh, that looks like a, the, a planet, like a bunch of comet or a bunch of meteors that have hit the, you know, that's what the back of my eye looks like in the picture. He just takes a look and just everything's stable. And we'll just see you in a year unless you notice anything and need to come back in. What's stable? Stable meaning it's not the- progressed? Yeah, the retina is not being pulled, or if it is, it's just the normal, we'll just watch and wait and see. Like my left eye, you know, everyone has the fluid moving, so there's always a chance. I notice when I, gravity just kind of does things when I put my head down, or if I'm doing planking work and working out, I will notice a lot of my flashing starting. Not the violent flashing, but just kind of the normal Sometimes I don't know which side I'm seeing it. Sometimes it's my right. Sometimes it's my left. So I I feel like my left eye is just active, but it's hard to know what's normal and what's the normal part of aging and your eye and the fluid moving and going away. Like that's all seeing some flashing and floaters. That's all very normal age progression for a lot of people. But is it? Is it? I know. Is it? I mean, now the new question (laughs) is, is that normal? It, can we just dismiss that as an aging thing? Right. Our livers are aging faster than they should. You think of it as your liver aging or your organs aging. Remember what going back to the class. Yeah. Now you're going to look at things in a totally different way because before it was like, oh, I mean, I've heard this too. I've had other people tell me, oh, you've got a vitreous floater. You're going to get it in the other eye. Thanks a lot. <laughs> tell, me, tell me what I really need to hear which is hope (laughs) or give me some tools. Yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah, Something. Yeah. I mean, it was like, no, just let me know if it detaches again. What a a waste of money. Well, yeah. It's a waste of time and money. (laughs) Exactly. I could have looked and now I know how to take my own retina scan. I could just do this all. I know what it looks like. You do. I just do it all myself right now. You've got this unique I, this is what I love about working with you. You've got this unique take on health by being in it and being the recipient of it. Yeah. So you have an appreciation for both. Yeah. It's interesting hearing what I say in a pa- to a patient or, you know, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, but just some of the things in, in my head, I'm like, that's not though. It's not, you know, to even reassure them because a lot of times we do educate on retinal detachments, especially with young women who have a prescription, basically it's awareness. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but if you notice these things get to a doctor, you know, (laughs) but there's nothing before that. And in my head, it's just, it's this missing piece of, I know what the research says, women between these ages are more susceptible to these things. And now it's like, but why, you know, and had a patient that was, well, why, 
and they don't know. We don't, we don't know why we just know <laughs> data. That's it. But Ramey, yeah. you know why now? I know. I know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so exciting. It's, doesn't it give you more power? I just feels yeah. good to know. To know that I can take some control of it and that it's not just waiting for me down the line, like type two diabetes, just hanging out, waiting for me to turn a certain age and to hit this weight. And then here we are. Yeah. This is one of the reasons we're going to work on one of the sessions we're going to meet mm -hmm. to talk in this summary, to talk about the next steps with your cycle. Yeah. But that's related to your liver too. That's related to spleen, the earth, earth deficiency and the liver sort of stagnation and the the consequence of that. You inherited this sort of tendency already. You had those issues in life that tipped the scales. And now you're already seeing some improvements. But since you're not at menopause yet, this is the time to work on it, not wait. Don't right. do what I did, which was I did all the work. I was right up to the point where if I kept going, I would have never experienced any menopausal symptoms. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. My mistake was uh, working for a healthcare organization. <laughs> and you're like, I don't need, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a toxic place to work. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Do you mind if I share just a few, couple no, minutes of no, this no. one? No, I love it. All right. Don't do what I did people. Getting medical training is already hard. And if you have a liver deficiency or issues with the liver, like I did, I was born with that, knowing what I know now, that going into medical training where I didn't sleep, I was on call all the time. I was under a lot of stress. I mean, you were always under a lot of stress, but medical training for people to know is very stressful. It's inhumane and should not be done that way anymore. And they've made some changes, but it's now worse because nobody wants to stay in. People are burning out way earlier. I moved to a damp, cold place, bad for the liver. Mm -hmm. When I did residency, my mom was sick and she was always getting surgery and that was stressful. And then she died during residency. Oh, wow. And then what else happened? <laughs> so many things. Wow, and, that's incredible, though. Oh, yeah. that. Toxic, yeah. toxic work environments, misogynistic work environments, being a woman in medicine, being a woman physician, let me clarify that in medicine is particularly hard because you have women who are in the workplace in a position of authority that are being undermined, not just by men, but by women. In fact, it's worse. It's a whole other, whole it's other a whole season. other, I mean, the whole season on its own. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Going through that. And I didn't drink much alcohol. Thank goodness. Cause I probably wouldn't even be here on the podcast yeah. if I did. Yeah. When I got to the point of being 41, that's when all my health crisis started to happen. And I started to experience what I would not have recognized at the time as a night sweat. Cause I wasn't sweating and you're like, and they're not night sweats, but it was a hot flash at night without sweating. So that was happening occasionally with all kinds of things happening. I was about to go into menopause at 41, which is very early. The typical age should be 49. In Western medicine, they would talk about it as 45 to 55. They always like ranges, but generally it's between 48 and 52. I got to the point where I was having a lot of issues with tendonitis, which is liver. I was having issues with anxiety that was going through the roof. And I mean, 
panic and anxiety that was, you know, inside was happening. It was not revealing it outside. And then there was a tremor as well. That's liver. And I was delivering babies. So I was very worried. I had to give up my obstetric practice and move out of that. And I was training in acupuncture by that point too. And I was talking to some acupuncturist friends and one of them said, you should see this Qigong master. I'm like, huh, Qigong, you know, and I had done Qigong before, but only studied with men, male Qigong masters. And it was a woman. And I said, oh, okay, sure. I don't have time. And then another person who didn't know that person told me about the same woman. And months later, another person told me about that woman who did not know the other two. Oh, wow. Well, the universe was. I was going to say somebody wanted you to striking see me on the head. <laughs> yeah. Saying you better go do yeah, this. Do it. I think I was 41 turning 42. Now, remember what every seven years, seven times six is 42. So I was reaching a health crisis or opportunity around that age and about to possibly go into early menopause. Then I saw her. I remember the day like it was yesterday. Qigong is about self-cultivation practice, but there's another type of Qigong where if you're very masterful, you can actually manipulate the, the energy on a person. It's so powerful. It's like kind of think of it as Reiki, but yeah, this... my acupuncturist try, does a little bit of that. I'm not sure what she's doing. It seems like that energy. She's at that. Le- your acupuncturist, I can verify is at that level okay. yeah. and studied with the same master that I did. I remember before getting on the table, I knew she was going to tell me something very serious because I knew something very serious was going on. I saw her knowing that any tests, and I had gotten some tests, I think before, I didn't really pursue it, but I had already at that point being second generation and greater physician, I knew I was going to get absolutely nowhere with Western physicians for what I was dealing with. So I go to see her and she literally told me, are you ready? She said, if you don't start to change what you're doing now, you are going to not live in five years. Wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. You can say, yeah, that's not real. How could she know? How could she read your chi? I went there knowing what she you was knew. going to tell me. Yeah. She yeah. confirmed without even, without a blood pressure cuff, told me I had low blood pressure. And by the way, I have dangerously low blood pressure and it's gotten better with Qigong and stabilize. I have the opposite problem that people have when they get older. My blood pressure can go as low as 80 over 50 and I'm standing and I'm compensated. Yeah. And that's it. That's related to the liver too, to liver chi deficiency. So the problem is there's not enough perfusion. There's a blood deficiency. There's not enough perfusion of blood. It can, not enough can go to the brain. And I also was having migraines. So I go to see her. She tells me that, and she says, and you're leaking chi meaning I was leaking my savings account. I was yeah. like letting go of Giving my it away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was leaking. Yeah. And so I didn't feel tired at all. That was the interesting part. I wasn't fatigued, but she stopped the leaks. <laughs> and the next day I couldn't get out of bed. The next day I was so tired. So I couldn't cheat anymore. I could not use, uh, use it. Yeah. Use it. So I was doing that working in a very stressful environment, delivering babies on call every five weeks. You know, some people can do it. Some people have a bigger window. You and I have talked about this. I had a baby window and I had to change the way I lived. I changed the way I approached things and start doing Qigong. 
And so I did that for a period of time and I got so much healthier and I was not at menopause yet. And this is why I'm telling you this story. I left corporate medicine the first time. I left it twice, left corporate medicine first time, started my own practice and was working contract and it was great. But then I got offered a leadership position, you know, an offer you can't refuse. Yeah. 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 With a chipmunk face, right? Yes. <laughs> I got an offer you can't refuse. And I thought, oh, I can make a difference. Yeah. I can be in leadership. I can make a difference in this system. I learned a lot, but my health took a decline because I stopped having as much time to practice daily Qigong or, you know, consistently. It doesn't have to be every single day. The health declined again. And it was right before menopause. And I should have stayed but I'm glad I didn't because now I can share in this podcast. This is what it feels like. I know that Qigong makes a difference. Every time I practice, I feel better. Now my closest friends and family tell me if I'm not feeling well, did you practice your Qigong? You know, because that works for you. And it's not just in my head. I have more energy. The hot flashes will go away. So those things are important. So you couple that with it was COVID. I wasn't practicing as much. Everything was doing fine, not as fine. And then, you know, I'm more susceptible. So I, the lesson is it's okay because then I understand the yin and yang of it. I understand what it is to be healthy and I understand what it is to not be healthy. And I can really draw from both of those. And so I share that with you just to say, this is the time for you to work on it at your age right now before menopause do it do it do it before you turn 49 very important okay well i already feel like it's benefiting me and it's not costing me i mean obviously i'm paying you but it's not costing me anything it's not a pill that i'm taking it's not a cult i've joined or something like that it's not costing me anything to continue to do it and the benefits from it well, for you, they were life-saving and, you know, so maybe it saved my life. Yeah. 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 And do you know that it delayed menopause for me by almost 10 years Wow! because I was going to go into menopause at 41 right. had I not started working on my health yeah. Yeah. in a deeper way from a root level. I held off menopause for another 10 years. Wow. wow. Yeah. So then I got it at the normal time. Right, right. Now, was it rough? It was a little bit rough for me because I had stopped practicing. So I know the possibilities. And I think there's no regrets because then I could experience the form like second spring. I teach a lot of forms, but yeah. I am really drawn to this one because it's helpful for my transition. And I can experience firsthand what it feels like. I treated the chronic, what you would call chronic fatigue, you know, when the leaks were stopped and yep. I couldn't yeah. move. Yeah. I treated that with the certain Qigong forms and ran a 15K. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. 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 And with the low bl- blood pressure, all of that, I mean, yeah. that got better. That you can do that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, gets, it gets better. It's not about expectations. When I was practicing Qigong to have more energy again, it was not about let me have more energy. It was just let me heal. Let my body decide what needs to heal first. Yeah. That's Same. a good, that's a good thing to keep in mind of just totally that my body can do it. And I'm just kind of, I'm doing it, but I'm letting my, letting the system <laughs> 
do it. Yeah. Get out of your own way and let your body be the genius that it is because your higher self is brilliant. Yeah. And I do that too. When I practice second spring, I don't practice to say, okay, I'm going to get rid of these hot flashes. I practice second spring because I know which organs it's addressing. And I say, I'm connecting with my liver. I'm connecting with my gallbladder. The neat thing about that second spring form, by the way, that's so beautiful. Remember the 10 months of pregnancy I was telling you about, and each month is associated with an organ. Well, Mm -hmm. here's another spoiler alert. (laughs) Each routine addresses the month of pregnancy. So second spring is about being born again. Okay. Second spring is giving birth to the new you, to this revitalized, younger physiological self. And it's on all levels. And the more you do it, I can even tell which months of pregnancy I need to work on more by how I practice and how I experience it. So it's that noticing. Yeah. And when I'm deep in that sort of meditative state during one of those routines, I know that month is doing better. Doing better. And that's interesting. The chi baby. Yeah. (laughs) The chi baby. Chi baby. It's so fun. It is so fun to do that. And and it's so nurturing. And it's something that we all need to do for ourselves. But anyway, I just wanted wanted to share that. Thank you for sharing that. That's, it's really nice when you've gone through it, you know, and then you, you're, like you say, you're learning along the way, but you also Mm -hmm. have your own experience. That's really important to hear. One makes two, two makes three, three makes 10,000 things. I'm teaching you the skills so that you can bring yourself to a place of empowerment. I'm also calling on you to work with others, to work in community, to make major changes in the healthcare system for the way it should be, compassionate, loving, effective, efficient. It has to start with you. I look forward to you hearing the next episode when Ramey will actually be at that complimentary call to become a client. If you're at that crossroads where you're not sure where to turn, what direction to take, how much effort to put into something, let's talk. I would love to hear from you. You can reach me through the contact page on thirdopinionmd.org where you can schedule a complimentary consult and we can talk about your situation and see if this is the right time for you to start working on your own health strategy. Third Opinion MD podcast is produced by me, Barbara Dillatore. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle. Any comments made by the host or guest on Third Opinion MD reflect opinions about healthcare and self-care. Please consult with your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Thank you for listening.